Good morning. Y'all feel like ducks. <laughs> okay, a couple of announcements. Then we got some people that need to give announcements. First of all, this is library day, so at the proper time, children, you can follow the leaders to library day. Uh, Epworth, a couple of reminders about things that are coming up. Uh, one is right after the 11 o'clock service, Lauren and Don, uh, will, our music director and organist will be, uh, will have a reception in the social hall for them, to, for you to get to know them. That's right after 11 o'clock service today in the social hall. Okay, uh, Epworth Mother's Day offering is coming up. Just as a reminder, we'll, you'll hear more about that. Might be something in the bulletin announcements now about that. All right, we have three people who need to give, to give announcements. In this order, we need uh, Relay for Life to come up, then Leanna Morris, and then after that, uh, Wayne Rhodes, okay? All right. It's that time again. Relay for Life is going to be May 15th. We have decided to assign people to walking times for 30-minute increments that can be shared with other people. If you are willing to walk, we need somebody on the track at all times. The sign-up sheet, the sign-up sheet is back there. We also are selling um, Belk Charity Day. We're part of that. For $5, you buy one of these coupons. Then when you make a purchase, that $5 is taken off of your purchase. So you don't lose any money, but you give $5 to Relay for Life. So that's a deal. We also, for young people who like to sell th buy things, We've got cupcakes. You can put a name on the cupcake, and we're going to put it all over a bulletin board. If you'd rather have a walking foot, you can get a walking foot with someone's name on it. Luminaries are for sale $10 each. The form is in your bulletin, and um, you can make the check out to Relay for Life. If you don't have... <laughs> If you don't have a cookbook, these cookbooks were sold in 2008, so some of you newbies probably don't have them, and um, they're for $10. These are our t-shirts with Relay for Life on them. They're precious. They have, we have the, hello, we have the purple and the blue. It says um, the tie that binds with the cute little bow tie on the back of it. So we have a table set up in the back. So come on back and sign up for something. Thank you. Okay, good morning. As many of you know, back in April of 2013, I raised a little over $26,000 with the help of Memorial to build a church in Pakistan. And Bishop, ooh, forgive me, this is not how you say it, Mushtag, I think, that's what I'm going with, is the former preacher of that church. And he's actually in the States right now. And he'll be in Aiken, South Carolina on Sunday, May 3rd at Cedar Creek Church. It's the Aiken campus. And I would just like to invite everyone. My family's going and you can come with me. That'll be fun, so thank you. Aging Wayne Rhodes. While we're waiting on Wayne, a reminder that the Sunday school class will be held at uh, Bobby McQuaid uh, teaches who Bobby had a procedure this week. We asked for prayers for her, but her Sunday school class will be held uh, today. Marsha, you got any t-shirts bigger than that one you showed? 
Okay. All right. Is he coming? He's not back there? He read somewhere else. Okay. Well, I guess I can make it. <laughs> We're supposed to announce the new ministers being signed each service today. And Wayne was going to do that. So I'll go ahead and do it. I know who it is. And, and he, he's coming. All right. <laughs> Wayne, you're holding up the service over here. <laughs> All right. Well, when Wayne gets through, we're, we'll start. Okay. I apologize for being late. We were in the finance committee <clears throat> discussing uh, what needs to be done to the parsonage to get ready for our new minister. <clears throat> As you know, Joseph, I'm out of breath. <laughs> Joseph is retired because of his health and his parents' health. So we will be getting a, a new minister next year. While we'll miss Joseph, we look forward with a tremendous amount of enthusiasm for the new minister. For the first time since George Strait came to Memorial, we will have a partridge family. Joe Kate will be our new minister. He and his wife Katie have two daughters Allison, who is fifth grader, and Caroline, who is fourth grader. Joe is a native of Rock Hill, graduated from the Citadel, where he first realized he was being called into the ministry. In his relatively short career, he has served a wide variety of churches, and in each case, the churches grew. He comes to us from Memorial Street United Methodist, where he served as associate minister with great distinction. While at Buckman Street, he has been in charge of several areas, including starting a new contemporary service. He is very comfortable in both traditional and contemporary services. His reputation in the conference is that he is high energy, a go-getter, and untiring worker. You will be getting more detailed information in weeks to come. We owe a great deal of gratitude to George Toll, how our district superintendent who has worked very closely with us in meeting the needs at Memorial at this time. I can't tell you how excited I am that with this new appointment, you know, we always have to remember that this is not final until the conference uh, finalizes it next in two weeks. So, but this is pretty definite. So we have lots to be excited about. And I'd like to take this opportunity to, to ask the members of SPRC to stand up so, because they deserve a lot of credit. They've worked hard in the past three years to basically find an entirely new staff <laughs> with the exception of Katie Everyone has been been hired. If you will, this time, please stand up. And is Bill not here this morning? Bill Clute? Okay. Bill's on the... Yeah, why didn't you stand up, Bill? <laughs> Thank you very much. Will you stand and worship with us?
Gracious God, we are not alone because you are with us always. And we are so grateful for your presence and your love and how you are so steadfast and faithful to us. Thank you for this family of believers that comes together this morning. Help us to hold each other up and support each other and love each other and lift up your name. Focus our hearts and our minds on you now as we come together to worship. In Christ's precious and holy name we pray. Amen. children come forward for the children's sermon. everybody do y'all like to do puzzles do you ever do any kind of puzzles yeah some of you do what okay crossword puzzles have you ever done something called a word jumble where the puzzle is a bunch of words but the letters are not in the right order have you ever done one of those I used to like to do those and you would kind of look at it and rearrange the words and figure out you don't okay I'll explain it to you and it'll awesome okay so you all have some kind of puzzles but to help you understand what a word jumble is it's a word but the letters are not in the right order so you have to look at it and kind of rearrange the letters to figure it out and sometimes all of a sudden it clicks and you realize what the word is, but sometimes it's kind of harder than that. And you really have to think about it and try for a while before it makes sense. There's another kind of puzzle and it's just called a word puzzle. And I brought it for you to look at this morning. And this is what it looks at, looks like. It says, can you see the word? The answer is, and you're supposed to look at the light, not the dark, and a word should pop out. Can any of you figure that out? Look at the light. So the white. What word pops out to you? Does everybody see Jesus? Do you see the word, the letters? 
Isn't that kind of cool? It's kind of hard. It's not easy. But sometimes after you look at it for a while, you'll start to see the J, the E, the S, U, S. Do you kind of see it? It's kind of hard, but if you look at it for a while, you'll... Okay. So the letters are not mixed up. It's just hard to see. And the puzzle reminds me of something that happened in a Bible lesson. The Bible tells us that Jesus appeared to some of his disciples and said to them, Peace be with you. But the disciples were afraid, and they weren't sure what they were seeing. They thought they may have even been seeing a ghost. Seeing that they were afraid, Jesus said to them, Why are you troubled? Why do you have doubts? Look at my hands and my feet. Touch me and see. Why did he tell them to look at his hands and feet? What had just happened? That's right. Easter had just happened. Jesus could see that even after that, they still weren't convinced. So he asked them, do you have anything to eat? They gave him a piece of fish and he ate it as they watched him. Then Jesus opened their minds so that they could understand the scripture. He taught what said, it was written long ago that the Messiah would suffer, die, and be born and raised from the dead on the third day. It was written so that this message would be told to everybody, to every nation, beginning in Jerusalem. There is forgiveness of sins for all who repent, and you have witnessed these things. So as Jesus opened the minds of his disciples, we can also pray that he opens our minds to see him and our hearts to hear his good news so that we all know that Jesus died for us, he was buried, and he rose again so that we're forgiven. Will you bow your heads and say our prayer with me this morning? Heavenly Father, open our minds to understand your word. Open our hearts to live your word. And open our lips to share your word with others. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you. We come to our time of prayer. As I said, uh, we want to remember Bobby McQuaid, but we also we also want to remember, as uh, Wayne alluded to, every June after conference, we have approximately, I'd say, maybe about a hundred. Uh, ministers around the South Carolina Annual Conference that move, and I think it'd be a good thing if we start uh, beginning and you in your private prayer time to pray for those families and those transitions uh, that have to be made with families and churches, and it's always a slightly anxious time for everyone concerned. So please remember uh, the uh, families that will be moving this year um, after Annual Conference. All right, let's bow our heads in prayer. O oh Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayers. Holy and gracious are you, O oh God. We lift up to you this day a countenance to you, O oh Lord, because you've put joy into our hearts. We come this day to sing our song of praises to you because you have called us to righteousness, to avoid sin, and to be your people. We're reminded this day Jesus came without sin to take away our sin, and yet we must confess, O oh Lord, that we often still break your commandments. Where we choose to live outside your law, where we choose to break our communion with you, we are left in 
darkness. And we pray, O oh Lord, this day that You would come to us and bring Your light and forgive us our waywardness and bring us back into Your sight and into the righteous area we need to be. We're reminded this day that You have sent witnesses in all the ages to proclaim the good news of new life in Christ. We praise You and empower us by the Holy Spirit so that we might also proclaim the name of under heaven given for salvation, that is Christ the Lord. After Jesus rose from the dead and He visited many and many witnessed the risen Christ, and everywhere He went where people were afraid, He would tell them not to be afraid. Do not be afraid. And so now we pray, O oh Lord, that You'd also come to all those who may be on our prayer concerns this day. Those who may be sick in body, mind, or spirit. Those who may be facing uh, surgeries. That You'd take away their fear. Come now and take away their fear. We pray you, in Your mercy You'd heal them all and let us accept Your good and perfect will. O oh Lord, we know You hear us when we call. Hear us now, for we pray in the name of Christ our Lord who taught us to pray, saying these words. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Well, folks, we're going to continue on looking at the commandments. And we're going to look at the next two. And after that, they won't necessarily be in order. But I'm in Exodus chapter 20, verse 7 through 11. Give attention to the reading of God's Word. You shall not misuse the name of the Lord your God, for the Lord will not hold anyone guiltless who misuses his name. Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, neither you nor your son or daughter, nor your manservant or maidservant, nor your animals, nor the alien within your gates. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea and all that is in them. But he rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let's pray. Oh Lord, we thank you for your many precepts, commands, and teachings that you've given us and have been passed down through all generations. We pray, O oh Lord, that once again we'll renew our commitment to follow you today. Amen. Well, you know, recently I read about a missionary who had been uh, overseas for a long time in India. And he was returning home and he was on a plane and he had his young son who had never uh, been anywhere but India all his life and they were on their way back to the States for the first time for, uh, ever for this child. And, he, and it was American Airline. It wasn't an, an American Airline, not American Airlines. An American Airline. It was full of American tourists. And this boy had the first contact with the country of his birth. And after the flight, the father complained to the airline and said, and I quote, My boy was brought up in a land of idols, but in all his life he has never heard such foul language until now on this airline. My friends, whether we want to admit it or not, we have become a nation of foul mouths. And you all know that's the truth. It's a shame. This tender, third tender command, I think, seems more relevant for our times than for the ancient Israelites. The ancient Israelites were so careful not to offend God that they would only use consonants when they spelled out Yahweh, they wouldn't even spell it out the whole way. They wouldn't put the vowels in there because they were afraid it might offend God. As Christians, we need to realize that we should set an example for other people. And I don't think we should be afraid to gently correct those people 
when they say things that are inappropriate. As you heard this translation, you shall not use the name of your Lord God, misuse it. Uh, some commentators have said you shouldn't use it for mischief, okay? And Jesus himself said at an earlier place recorded for us in Scripture that you let your yes be yes and your no be no. In other words, it's best not to swear one way or another. And if you're going to do something you should, and you say you're going to do it, you should do it. And if you say you aren't, then you shouldn't do it. And I think this is important. And I think this uh, commandment has a lot to do with vow taking also. Uh, we take vows. Uh, we take vows of church membership. We take vows of marriage. We take lots of vows in our life. And then oftentimes we don't keep these covenants that we have made with our oath taking. And I think that Jesus' message, and I think this message uh, to Moses all those many years ago, is that if you're going to use God's name in a pledge, you shouldn't misuse it other ways. And if you're going to pledge something to God, you should definitely keep it. It seems to me that the first four commandments are really about our duty to God. Commandments 5 and 10 seem more about our duty to our neighbors. But all 10 of these commandments are God's instructions for building a just society. And these commandments are given to us as a gift, as everything from God is given to us as a gift. It is not for God's benefit, it's for our benefit. If we practice them, it'll lead to a decent life for everyone. So it's obvious that you should not make wrongful use of the name of the Creator, and you should not make insincere pledges. You certainly shouldn't use the Creator's name as a curse word. But on the other side, you realize that there's that prohibition, but there's also promises, it seems to me like, with everything that God gives us. We should enjoy God's majesty. We should enjoy God's character and power. And we will if we live by these tender commands that the Lord has given to us. So number three is pretty straightforward. And I think this time in our lives in America, it's one that really we need to try to work on ourselves and help gently correct others to use language that's more appropriate. Now let's look at number four real quick. I don't know how many of you are big baseball fans. I know some of you are because every so often I'll make a baseball reference and I'll get a comment afterwards. Carl Erskine was a pitcher with the LA Dodgers. When he came to the big leagues, he was asked a question by the owner, Branch Rickey. Rickey said, Carl, can you ask today? I wonder if that ever happens. If anyone, when they hire somebody in baseball, basketball, or pro football, if they ask them that question. Carl, do you go to church? Carl said he did. And, and Ricky then said, I asked that of every man I sign. I'm quoting. I asked that of every man I sign. The reason I ask it is that I have found that if a person will discipline his life to sit in a place of worship, Get his spiritual values in place. That person will develop a quiet confidence that he cannot get anywhere else. End of quote. I think that's really good advice. Really good advice. Discipline to come, come from worshiping the Lord. For everyone as far as I'm concerned. But it's all missed today. Am I, my battery going down? Is that what it is? I think. Maybe not. I want to tell you a story that I read that I thought was so on target for these two, uh, this particular commandment about this going to church and the Sabbath. It was a story about some aliens that finally visited our planet. Now we all, I know, think that sooner or later aliens will visit our planet. And in this particular story, the alien was reporting back to his superiors. And the alien's report covers a summer day in the United States. 
A day, the alien said, earthlings call this day Sun Day. Okay? The alien noted that the earthlings call this day Sun Day because of their worship of the sun. For the alien observed vast arenas full of people conducting ceremonies to their God. The alien reported, balls of various shapes and sizes are used by the priests of this religion in different arenas, and these balls are used to represent the sun god. At certain times during the rituals, the people who were observing the priest would stand and quickly sit, creating a great human wave to pay homage to their sun god. Did that sound familiar? I wish just once y'all would do that when I'm preaching. <laughs> Other earthlings would pack themselves in vast arenas and watch their priest hurl themselves around a circle in metal cubicles at high rates of speed. These rituals would last for several hours. The aliens saw other worshipers strip almost naked and hurl themselves into waves of water at the land's edge. They would do this until they were exhausted. Then they would prostrate themselves to the sun god on the sand for periods of long periods of time. When they did this ritual, they would wear protective devices on their faces during this ritual because to gaze upon the sun god too much, too intensely, seemed to damage them. Another ritual consisted, I really like this one, another ritual consisted of people pushing a little ball around vast fields in quietness until the mouth of the ground would open up and swallow the little ball, and then they would break their silence and they'd shout and jump for joy. <laughs> they would repeat this ritual over and over until they were completely exhausted and had to be driven off the field. Finally, the alien observed that there were some dissenters to the religion. They were much fewer in number. They would gather inside of buildings that had tinted windows and closed doors. These kept them from being tempted by the gaze of the sun god. It really was not clear to the alien whether they did this for pleasure or if these places were places of punishment because the faces of those on the inside were very somber, reserved, unlike the sun worshippers who seemed to pursue their devotion with joy. And so ended the alien's observation of earthlings and their sun worship. Now I know we can readily identify with this humorous story, but there's a lot of truth in it, isn't there? A lot of truth. It seems to me like that maybe when we are just as excited and happy about coming together inside to worship the Son, then maybe more people would. One of the things to keep in mind about this commandment, though, is this. Originally, the keeping of this commandment was a Saturday, a Sabbath day. It was a rigid practice of Jewish law. Even today, in Orthodox Jewish uh, communities, it's still just as rigid. We stayed at the last time while we went to the Holy Land, we stayed in a in a, uh, a uh, Orthodox hotel where they followed the Sabbath laws and on, on, on the Sabbath day, for example, the elevators all stayed open and went to open to every floor without anybody pushing any buttons. They went to every floor open, every floor open. So if you just try to get to the seventh floor, it took a while, okay? And that was because pushing the elevator button was work, you see, and they were prevented from doing that. Once Jesus rose from the tomb, Christians decided that the day that he rose from the tomb, which was Sunday, should be the day set apart for worship. Here in America, it was set apart at 11 o'clock. Set o'clock, 11 o'clock, to accommodate a mostly rural farming society. Think about morning chores, travel time by horse and wagon, 
The Sunday service was then often followed by a picnic lunch on church grounds. Then came a period of rest, another round of music and worship, a picnic supper, and then once more some worship, and finally a trip home. That's what the Sabbath keeping for Christians used to be in the good old days. So for those of you who call for the good old days, that's what you're asking for us to go back to. Okay. Sunday was special or holy, really for various reasons. But one, because there wasn't much else you could do, was there, except church all day. But it was important that that day was there once a week. Okay, once a week. With the proliferation of cars and factories, of course, the rural character of our nation changed, so did what people did on Sunday. And we all know that at first there were attempts with blue laws and such, but change is constant, I have come to believe, and I have come to believe, as most religious people, that the main thing is a time set apart for worship. This is really what is important here. And if you work on Sundays, then spend another day apart for worship time apart for worship. And in fact, most of the larger growing churches have come to realize that flexible worship opportunities are really important in this modern uh, society. I think that every church, if they have enough staff, should have worship opportunity besides on Sundays. So, what we've all come to realize is that God doesn't want us to do something because it's so re because it's unpleasant or boring or restrictive. God wants us to do something because we enjoy doing it, and we enjoy God because God is our Creator. And I believe that people can, have learned that have forgotten a little bit what Jesus told those rigid religious people of His time about the Sabbath. He said the Sabbath had been turned into a legalistic punch card. And so what Jesus reminded them, and what I think Jesus is reminding us today, is don't let this commandment become a legalistic punch card. Remember what Jesus said. Jesus said the Sabbath was made for humankind and humankind for the Sabbath. In other words, this tender command is about making sure that everyone gets time to take a break, that everyone gets time to spend with God to ask for His mercy and blessing. Friends, more people will observe a holy time when they sense their need for a loving, caring, gracious God. And that's important. So, the bottom line is, remember to keep a holy day. Alright? Remember to take a break. Relax and not have everything. If there's one thing all of us Americans have in common this day is we are way too busy. The Sabbath keeping is a way for us to have time to de-stress, okay? It's a wonderful gift God has provided. And remember, do not misuse the, name, misuse the name of the one who made it all possible, for he is very precious. His name is Jesus. Amen. Let's stand and affirm our faith. We are not alone. We live in God's world. We believe in God who has created and is creating, who has come in Jesus, the Word made flesh, to reconcile and make new, who works in us and others by the Spirit. We trust in God. We're called to be the church, to celebrate God's presence, to love and serve others, to seek justice and resist evil, to proclaim Jesus crucified and risen, our judge and our hope, and life in death, and life beyond death. God is with us. We're not alone. Thanks be to God. Amen. You may be seated. Let our ushers come forward for our offering. <laughs>
Jesus, my stand and sing with us.
song But wasn't forgotten He sent him his love On the wings of a dove On the wings of a snow-white dove He sends his pure sweet love A sign from above On the wings of a dove Sometimes songs from bygone eras can bring a smile to your face. Receive the blessings now of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, the Almighty, Eternal, Triumph God, one God now and forevermore. Amen. week.